1: What's up, everyone? This is Adam Matez from DNVR, excited to talk to you about American Financing. Everyday bills are high, and everything is still very expensive, which is why, if you own a home, I want you to call our friends at American Financing. Interest rates are lower than they've been in a long time. They're saving their customers, on average, $854 a month by tapping into their home's equity and wiping out high-interest credit card debt. Their salary-based mortgage consultants are in it for you. Their job is to save you money. Call American Financing and tell them DNVR sent you today, and you may be able to delay two mortgage payments. That's 303-695-7000, 303-695-7000, or go to AmericanFinancing.net slash DNVR.
2: Hello, everyone. It feels like a Friday, because we normally do this show on Fridays, but does it feel like a Friday to anyone else?
1: It does feel like a Friday.
3: It has perpetually felt like Friday for me every day of this week.
1: <laughs> that's the best take, actually. You're right. It's been <laughs> like nine months of Friday. Um, that's that's how I feel.
2: So normally the show is on a Friday, and we talk about the WGT challenge just being r- open already for people to join in. But it's op- it's not Friday. It's a Wednesday. So Christmas Day um, through Sunday, December twenty seventh, we'll be hosting the. Ho, ho, hole-in-one challenge at Erin Hills Golf Course. All country clubs can participate, and better yet, anyone can join. That's right. All you have to do is join the DNVR4 Country Club. If you haven't played yet, go to Erin Hills Golf Course and then enter the closest to the whole challenge. Submit your screenshot on our pinned tweet thread on dnvr underscore sports on twitter or email them to info at the DNBR.com. um we talked about it last week i i'm still bad and harrison <laughs> somehow got uh 200 he hit 200 i don't know if i'm saying that correctly
3: Wait, he went sub 200
2: no i think it was like 205.
1: oh okay. uh, no so close almost still, impressive almost still, impressive. I like yeah. a
2: great emoji at him i tweeted at him like how <laughs> I don't understand
4: I don't get it have you have you broken 300 yet Adam
1: Uh, we're we're, we're here to have fun we're here to have fun guys (laughs) (laughs) I'm honestly I'm choking on the ninth and every single one it's like I'm I'm actually in my own head about WGT right now because I'll be 50 (laughs) points under on the ninth and I got it and then I'll just shank it right into the water and be like (laughs) 500 it's so bad
4: all right, so Adam's not taking the buzzer beater. Got it.
2: <laughs> I think the lowest I've gotten uh, was like 405 or something. Mm. It's a rough one, but...
5: Well, I it's like, so I'm fun, though. Be... I mean,
3: Spencer is very quiet right now for a reason.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad at it. It's tragic how bad I am at WGT. That's amazing. Hey, I it...
2: you, would think you might be good at it.
5: Yeah, you would think. I'm not good at video games in general. Anything with my hands, it's usually not not ideal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta give a also? shout
1: out real quick though. I gotta give a shout out to my guy Max Goldie here, who has been he's like in every oh. single one of our Nuggets chat, just signed up for a membership. Hell yeah, man. Oh yeah, he is yeah. he
2: is an incredible member. He's in all of our uh the fantasy football them. shows, bet shows. He's Good always
3: hanging out. We really that.
1: appreciate you,
2: yep.
3: Max. Yep, yep, yep. I also feel like he's got some real Nuggets energy, like Maxi Miner, and then like
1: Gold. (laughs) Gold. Oh, you're right. That's a great point. That's a great point. So...
2: Don't forget to download WGT golf today. You can do that on dnvrgolf.com. Come play uh, these fun games with us. They really are fun, even though they can be frustrating. Um, But then you enter to win. All you have to do is play the game. You don't have to beat it. And you get entered to win a free t-shirt and a mask, and we ship it to you. So definitely check out uh, WGT golf today.
1: Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through. Taken away
3: by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. dog two hands to Jokic. Same by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a the
1: luck. You'll see it for Two on home run. Trevor Story. Lock ends so, on touchdown. 2 for Sudden.
3: Got it! Oh, man! That's from way downtown! And the Blue Arrow is flying at Pepsi Center. Scott!
2: Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast, presented by Breckenridge Brewery. Rudo, you are drinking the Breck Brew. Which one is yours today? Vanilla. Uh, p- VPJ,
4: p- the VPJ baby. In mm. honor of
2: the Nuggets today.
4: I already drank all the uh, Christmas ones I had, so the VPJ is a good like secondary Christmas one.
2: So today we are doing like you guys could tell from the title, off the rails Christmas special. Plus, we'll touch on some Nuggets stuff um, at the end of the show since they play today their first game of the regular season. But one of the questions that we had from our members was, what is everyone's favorite Breck brew? So Rudo, I'll start with you. Which one's your absolute favorite?
4: Man, it changes a yeah. lot. Like it just I. I usually just get the the 12 can sampler, the 15 bottle sampler pack, and it just ends up being whatever the random extra one they put in is every time. So it's rotated between the Christmas beer, the Strawberry Sky, and their, uh, their Palisade Peach one is so good. Oh, my God. I think probably the Palisade Peach is my favorite right now.
1: That's a that great really pick.
4: Good.
2: Uh, Adam, what about you? Which one's your all-time favorite Breck brew?
1: Well, since he took Palisade Peach, I'll go with Mountain Beach. I like the Mountain Beach one, especially from the bar. Like, Mountain in a glass, Beach? you know? Every drink is different depending on what you get it in. If you get it in the tall member glass, it's like somehow the best drink on earth
2: (laughs) i mine will still and forever i'm gonna take it right because i know you're gonna choose that one too but mine is strawberry sky we had it the first time we went to breckenridge brewery and it was just so freaking good if i'm at the liquor store and i'm looking for a beer or uh, or the grocery store, then I'm gravitating towards that Strawberry Sky. But like you guys said, you really can't go wrong. Their Christmas Ale is really really good too.
3: That is not what I was going to say because I invented oh. my own beer and that's my oh. favorite.
1: Oh uh, yeah.
3: The my special is uh, the hot it pink has, IPA. It has all of the allure of the Strawberry Sky with uh higher alcohol content and <laughs> um. I feel like I can do like four in a row, uh, which is always a uh, an important characteristic of a beer for me.
2: Member size <laughs> or regular size?
3: If you do four, like four member size, you're set for the night. Um... <laughs> Maybe maybe beyond set. Um, so uh, it, probably just for regular.
2: Spencer, which is your favorite Breck brew? Sorry, you guys can hear, obviously, I'm at the bar, so there's a lot of noise coming off of Colfax, so I just apologize. We've got ambulances, cop cars, phone ringing. Just wanted to apologize in advance. Spence, which is your favorite Breck brew? Um,
5: my favorite Breck brew is probably the Hot Peak IPA. I do love the Strawberry Sky if I'm like trying to have a chill night, but if I'm trying to get drunk, it's Hot Peak, Hot Peak IPA. Four, Rick, mem- three of those member size glasses. I'm, d- I'm good. I'm cooked.
2: Rick in the comments saying I'm about to drink my first Hot Peak IPA. All right, Rick. Gorge.
1: Wow. All right.
2: Oh, look at the, look at the clapping. Amazing. <laughs> Scott Carpenter says Mile High Copper lager for me. That's definitely a good one. And Drew Creesman in the comments. He's normally on the show. He, t- he responded to us. I just now realize I'm not on the show today. But That's his favorite awkward. is drop. <laughs> Um Drop. He it is his new favorite. We just got some of those in the office and the juice drop is pretty darn good.
3: If he was on the show, he would be just now realizing he was on the show as well.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now that in the comments, they're talking Rockies, which exactly Um, like I said earlier, we are answering questions from the DNVR lounge. And if you want to get into the DNVR lounge, you must become a member. And we've got some, we've got a lot of questions. I don't know if we're going to be able to get to all of them, but our members always pull through when I ask them for things. They're always like, oh, here, here's 50 questions for you guys to answer. Um, so I think I'm going to go with the travel one as my first one, because this one's pretty good. Once the pandemic is over, eventually, what's the first place you're going to book a vacation to? to I will assume it's somewhere Serbia for Adam. So Adam, I'll let you start.
1: How did he know? How did he know? Uh, honestly, like, so this was actually supposed to be on in the plans for this year. I think it in some ways maybe works out better that it'll be next year. But I'm hopeful that next August, September, sometime in there, DNVR Nuggets crew is going to take a trip to serbia and do like a whole tour of serbia like this like on scene um film some videos do some live shows and stuff so that's certainly high on i don't know if it's the number one place but um it might work out that it is so yeah you guessed right I, I, hope you,
3: I hope you guys know that i'm inviting myself on that trip
1: <laughs> of course we might just have a whole <laughs> DnVR crew yeah. yeah, we
3: were we were supposed to go to London for the Broncos uh, um, Falcons game this year, and I was I was gonna try to get as many DNVR people as we could possibly get to go down there, I get know. like a mansion and uh, like Airbnb it would've been awesome.
2: It's so sad because we had such fun plans for that. I talked to um, Michael over at Broncos Europe about it. We had talked about um, doing pot live podcasts, live shows at some of the um, iconic like pubs out there, and it just didn't work out. But hopefully, it will. Maybe next year. Maybe Maybe next year we're just going abroad, guys. Maybe it, that's that's like our movie title. We're going to Serbia. We're going to London. We're checking it all out. Um, but Spencer, once this pandemic is over, where is the first place you are booking a vacation to?
5: Um, first place I'm going to go is to Fiji. Uh, I was supposed mm-hmm. to go to Fiji end of February this year, um, but they're still not allowing any international travel. Um, but we have plans to do like a big drive live from and podcast from uh, one of my members at the golf course. He owns a resort there. Uh, called Salt Lake Lodge, so um, we so get free stay
2: on that trip as well. Yeah, yeah.
5: absolutely. Well, yeah, we, if it's up to like twelve, twenty to twenty people, has like he has three or four houses on a river. You can go fishing, oh all that stuff. So it's all free, <laughs> other than getting there. So
2: see, Adam froze from just excitement of that. He was just like, "Whoa,
5: my um, you're unfrozen you know, now." Okay, good.
2: <laughs> Rudo, where are you going? The second you can.
1: Uh,
4: so it's it's one of two options. One, Coal Harbor, Nova Scotia for McKinnon's Day with the Cup.
3: Oh, I see what you did there.
4: <laughs> two, I was supposed to go to Japan in July and obviously Ooh. that didn't work out. So as the most wee person at D N V R, mm-hmm. Japan would be very cool to actually get to go to. <laughs> oh,
2: that yeah. would be that would be really cool. Ryan, what about you?
3: Well anyone who knows me knows that uh Like once I have something I really like, I never feel the Mm -hmm. need to change it. It's one of my restricts me in ways, Uh, but like I just I just love Cabo. Like I can't get enough of Cabo, so um, I will be going. And not specifically Cabo San Lucas, but San Jose del Cabo is the spot for me. It's like just the like the best weather and the best Mexican food. Like those are my two favorite things. (laughs) And golf.
2: And golf. That's a good one. Cabo is amazing. Uh, The first place I want to go to once this pandemic is over is uh, Ecuador. For some people who might not know, I was actually born in Ecuador in Quito. So I have a bunch of family there. And I would love to go see them. It's been a while. And when I would go when I was little, I just wouldn't take advantage of it. I feel like that's the story with all kids. Um, you don't really take advantage of the culture and what you're seeing. And um, I love going as an adult and, like, really experiencing it because it's just super different and highly recommend. And Galapagos Islands. That's, like, my dream to go check that out um, before things are kind of too late for global warming and all that stuff. So that's a sad note to end on. But um, great,
3: great birth there, Adam.
2: <laughs>
1: Wait, great birds.
3: Great birds.
1: Oh, sure. Absolutely. At fantastic an- birds.
2: The you know, animals there are wild. Like, they're just w- so unique and so special. It's insane. They,
1: they it are was, quite literally was, wild. It was the finches on, on Darwin's journey to the Galapagos that really solidified his uh, understanding of evolution. So, it's a great point. Great point, R.K. Uh, it's a little nugget for you. Okay.
2: Uh, <laughs> moving on. We are not going down bird TikTok or bird TikTok bird podcast uh, live stream. That's not what we're doing today. But I also a bunch of people in the Discord in the DNVR lounge brought up uh, a map that one of our members made that has all of uh, it doesn't have every member, but it has a few that have reached out to Flow um, to add onto a map of where DNVR subscribers are all around the world. It's super super cool, Flow. That was an incredible idea. um So if you are a member and you want to be added on that map definitely reach out to him or, or you can write in the members chat and just tag him because that's pretty dope I mean it's cool to see right now I wonder if I can pull it up Let
3: me would see. you call it the flow chart it just ignores <laughs> me <laughs> <laughs>
2: i'm not i'm not encouraging it so i want
1: you guys to know that the chat is the clamoring for more bird talk but you know it's your show yeah. it's your show clamoring. many people are saying this. <laughs> many <person>. people are
2: <laughs> drew creepsman that is all <laughs> all right i'm gonna try and pull this up but i'm gonna move on to another question so that you guys can talk while i try and pull this up um best place for mexican food in denver
1: oh hell yeah go for it adam so I got two favorites. One is a staple. If you're an old Denver person, especially if you're from the north side, you know Las Delicias is is like the best beans, which is the staple of you know most Mexican food. So that's number one. But number two is a little hole in the wall for me up in Thornton, um, uh, called Nogales, Los Nogales. So I got two. But Las Delicias is the one that if you're if you're like a true Denver, grew up in Denver, you've probably eaten there. You probably love it.
3: Good answer. I. Uh, man, I, I'm, there's so many good ones. Um, the first thing that came to my mind, and it's not, it's a little outside of Denver, but Los Dos Portillos, um, they're just incredible. Um, the best, um, mocajete, I believe that I've had in this area. Um, and then I have to give a shout out to our neighbors right across the bar, uh, cool. Tacos. They have incredible tacos and they're, you know, they're in the neighborhood, so they deserve a nice little shout out.
2: They are so good. Probably some of the best guac I've had. Um, and also, if you can't look, if you don't find it when you look that up, their other name is uh, whiskey, tequila, taco,
3: Ta- no, tacos, tequila, whiskey.
2: OK, same. <laughs> pretty much the same thing. Just a different.
3: Well, word. if you're already talking about people having a hard time Googling it, you should at least That's get a good the point. words in the correct form.
2: Okay. My <laughs> apologies. They have some of the best guac I've had. And then they have really good churros too. So definitely check that out. All right. Next. Qu- oh, does anyone else have good places for Mexican burrito?
4: Burrito Express down in Lakewood. The best breakfast burrito in the state. Wow. And Orchata Ooh. to die for as well. You have my attention. You got to go. It, yeah, it's really tiny place just off Alameda and Lakewood. Oh, it's so good. Being
3: on Alameda alone gives it some cred. There you go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Flo is in the comments here saying he called it the DNVR family um, because it is. We are all family. Rick said, first place I want to go to in Colorado is a DNVR bar. Max in here saying Casa Bonita is <laughs> Bonita, as he said, wrote
1: <laughs> Look, I know we just gave him a shout-out earlier, but we might have to, <laughs> I mean, one strike, you're out on this.
2: Eric in the comments saying the Corazón or Benny's. I haven't heard of either of those.
1: Chubby's, Albert- huh? Vinges- Chubby's is a really bold choice here.
2: Oh, good. Sure. <laughs> Albuquerque in the comments. Argentina, too. Uh, next yeah. question is cheese whiz or no on your Philly cheesesteak. And they oh. said, Ali Monroe, you already should know the answer. Of course, I can't have cheese anymore because I'm allergic. But when <laughs> I did, cheese whiz all the way. Or like Will Parks told Ryan in an interview, it's just called cheese. <laughs> that's,
3: a, that's my favorite quote I've ever had in an interview from a player. Just the way he said it was so perfect. He's like, y'all keep calling it cheese whiz. That's not what we call it. It's like, what do you call it? He just goes, cheese. cheese. <laughs>
1: it's gross. It's really so good. No, it's you not. Don't need it. It's definitely not good.
3: A, have you had a Philly cheesesteak in Philly?
1: No. When See. you go, actually, you actually, a, I might have. I might have.
3: You have to get it with the cheese whiz. It's not really Oof. like what you think it is. It's just—it's not actually cheese whiz. Like they don't like bring out a can and like <laughs> line the the bread with it. Like it's just—it's just melted cheese. Uh, it is oil. so
2: good you you need it and when you go to philly the place i recommend the most is Jim's. that's my favorite there's so many good places i do not like pat's or gino's it's just the tourist place like they're you're not going to get the best uh cheesesteak so my favorite is gyms which is around that area um but there's a bunch of other places that make cheesesteaks in a bunch of different ways but cheese whiz has to be a must spencer Rudo, have you guys had a philly cheesesteak
5: yeah um i've uh taste of philly i don't know how good taste of philly is compared to someone that's actually from philly probably not but that's my favorite place to go for a cheesesteak and you got to get the cheese whiz on it i too don't eat very much cheese but when i do i make it worth it so I make, worth when it I do, you. I make it worth it, and I go for cheese whiz. That's yeah. a, <laughs> I, am I the only
4: person who's eaten actual cheese whiz on this show? Oh, I've had cheese whiz. Are you kidding me? Yeah, okay. on, on like yeah, a
3: cracker? Yeah, like on a cracker? Yeah, so like, delicious. That.
4: It's amazing. I don't know, like what's what's the problem here? I don't get it. But you wouldn't put it on a sandwich. I I would. You can't mess up <laughs> cheese Dick. Like it's fine.
2: There you go. I mean, See? So he would obviously have it with the with the cheese whiz. So yes, everyone mm-hmm. is saying cheese whiz. Adam, I feel like maybe in Philly he would have a cheesesteak with cheese. Would. So
1: I will try, honestly. This is my thing. I'd rather have bad, unique food, like as an experience, than just like good, the same food. So if I'm in Philly, even if it's horrible, I would try it. Cause I'm like, you know what? I am I can but, get a but good cheesesteak. Where...
2: Not horrible. Because I go to gyms so, now and I'm obviously I'm allergic to cheese so I just get a cheese or I got a, a steak sandwich with no an cheese and it's still incredible. I still crave it to this day. I'm sad mm. I can't have that right now. Um all right, we're going to just finish off some the food drink questions. Who's the heaviest drinker at the NVR and who is the lightweight?
3: Okay. Well, we have to hey, but the question is who has gotten the most drunk at the dnvr bar that person is also on this panel Spencer. spencer. <laughs> oh i think he lost us
2: he can't hear us
1: he's looking he's looking at the screen like old people look at a red box
4: it's, it's what he looks like when he gets smashed at
1: the bar so. can
2: you hear us spencer
1: look at him okay. <laughs> Just trying to figure it out. You can.
2: Yeah. All right, but okay. So the question is, who is the heaviest drinker? I think we would say Rudo.
4: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I once upon a time, Drew was keeping up with me, but these days I I don't know.
2: Hey, he just got a bunch of he just got a bunch of juice drops. So.
4: There you go. I need you to chug to make me the non-alcoholic Drew.
2: <laughs> now, so do we all agree it's Rudo?
4: For sure.
3: Yeah. I still go, in my I, experience. I, my vote goes to Spencer,
2: the heaviest <laughs> drinker. I, you know, I think Spencer does compete with you, Rudo. Oh, dude, I'll
4: do. I'll take know, any competition I can get. M- all
1: right, M- Mitchell is the only person to show up just pissed drunk on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. So maybe, <laughs> maybe it's Mitchell. <laughs> well, I asked him once what because I didn't on? know he was like drunk, and I was like, "Hey, do you want to be on the show?" And he's like, <laughs> and then we get on the show, and he's like i was like oh my god all right here we go and then,
2: and then you know, he was like yeah guys i'm effing hammered and you guys are like, oh.
3: i i hopped on the NVR nuggets podcast pretty hammered once but i didn't realize i was hammered and then i left like i left the bar and Ali was with me and like i i was like stumbling around and then i was like <laughs> about to go to bed and i was like oh my god like did i embarrass myself on the nuggets podcast i like messaged you guys and you guys were like no, we couldn't even tell you where that hammered I was just like, oh, thank God. This <laughs> man
2: was so... He just didn't eat. It was, like, during a playoff game, like, an intense playoff game where the Nuggets won. And so he didn't eat any food, and he game was fine. Seven. He was fine. And then we're, like, packing for a trip, and he is tripping over everything, like, falling. I'm like, dude, go to bed. Stop <laughs> this right now. You need to sleep. Something he was, about oh, the
4: playoffs, like... We kept it together. the The game, the abs got eliminated, but after the show, AJ and I just got smashed that night.
1: Man, (laughs) it's it was brutal.
2: Who is the lightweight?
1: I might might honestly be me pound for pound. Like when I drink, I I I don't like to drink unless I I, drinking has a purpose. It's to get drunk. So like I'll do it, but every blue moon, you know, like I I don't uh, not a big drinker. So. It might be me.
3: Every one blue
1: moon gets you drunk. One blue moon gets me drunk, exactly.
2: (laughs) I haven't, I don't know about Justin. So I don't know because we Uh, haven't drank Justin enough to know Justin. Henry is, his tolerance is building because of the tailgate.
4: (laughs) If you cover college, I think by default, you have to be able to drink some. True. Also, they're like
3: right out of college. So they're, yeah, know, still also in that in prime, uh, um, in their prime, in their drinking prime.
2: Oh, Drew is in the comments saying Patrick Lyons almost never partakes. So, yeah, maybe maybe yeah. it's Patrick. I really don't know because I try, I'm a big tequila drinker, which the next question is, what is your go to cocktail? Um, and I try and get everyone to take tequila shots with me. And pretty much everyone agrees at least one, or they switch it to uh, Jaeger. That's Jaeger. Yes,
4: uh, no, I'm I'm on the Jaeger train. For sure. would rather
2: take a Jaeger shot than a tequila shot, which disgusts me, but to each their own. Um so I, I think everyone partakes a little bit, but uh, I don't know who's the biggest lightweight. My go to cocktail is a double tequila soda with a splash of lime. Nice, easy, to the point. Spencer would you?
3: you mean it's a splash of uh um Whoa, what is it grapefruit juice no, no pineapple juice
2: it's no it's
3: so just you said a apple
5: splash apple of lime Okay, then two make lime, any
3: sense.
5: put them there in you the go lime. my go-to is definitely just vodka soda big tito's guy tito's and soda with a with like an orange like if i want to change it up to either an orange or a lime or a lemon that's about as we, uh, off the rails as i go
3: we have a bottle of tito's upstairs that hasn't been touched what are you
5: doing um give <laughs> it a week. work it'll be gone <laughs>
2: Um Adam, what is your go-to cocktail?
5: Uh, Old fashioned. Old
1: fashioned. Classy guy, you That's know. So Adam. It is so that Adam. It's so Adam. <laughs> classy over here. But no. <laughs> like I said, I don't drink much, so I don't really have like a strong take here. It's just it's one's easy.
2: But this is just like your go-to cocktail. It doesn't mean to get drunk. Maybe you're just sit, like you're at a restaurant and you want to order a cocktail.
1: I, est- I established I don't really like to drink except for to get drunk. So there's no drink that I just like to sit there and BS with. But um, if I even if I was, it would be an old fashioned. Nine fashion. times out of ten.
2: Rudo, what's yours? Cocktail. You can't choose beer.
1: Screwdriver. Easy. No.
2: Okay. Respect. Ryan. Simple.
3: So this is an interesting <laughs> one for me. I. I Anyone who knows me knows that if I have a drink in front of me, it will be gone very soon. So mm-hmm. there's something that I can't stomach about spending $12 on a drink that I'm going to enjoy for, like, 18 seconds. Like, I just have it in my hand. I take, like, a bunch of sips, and then it's just gone. So I don't I don't like cocktails that much unless you count just whiskey as a cocktail, just straight whiskey. Like, that's what I've come to be as my favorite cocktail because it's the only thing that I can't drink that fast. So whiskey on the rocks or like a nice, nice big whiskey rock in there. That'll at least slow me down so I can enjoy the drink for like 30 minutes.
2: That's a solid one.
3: And it gets you where you're going uh, to Adam's point.
2: And, and people you going in going uh, sure. the comments and post-game shows know it's the Winsky.
3: Winsky, Yep. Excited <laughs> to bring that back for some Nugget shows.
5: Was that an actual? Did you actually call it Winsky, or were you just so drunk that you tried to say whiskey and it came out Winsky and it ended up No, it,
2: no it's been no, his it, bit.
3: It started with Eric calling me Winningsburg because I only came on post-game Nugget shows after they won, um, and then you know that character has to have their go-to drink, which is the Winsky
2: uh reading some of these comments real quick people writing down their favorite drinks you got a lot of whiskey in there uh rick said i remember rk's drunken nuggets winner's lounge and then someone uh johnny said mitch made quite an impression <laughs> that was <horrible. laughs> uh max is saying eric d line is the happiest drinker he's so funny that's true he just sits there and smiles um And then, hell yeah, Adam, old fashions are great. Before we keep going to the rest of the comments, DraftKings Sportsbook, guys, there are some awesome uh, player props and Nuggets bets that you can get into before the Nuggets game today. The uh, DNVR Bets Daily Crew, so Ryan and Andre, did an hour show telling you guys all the bets you can't miss and the bets you should stay away from, the ones that are the cheese. The Um, cheese.
3: The cheese whiz. So you should check that out.
2: Ryan, what is your – one bet that you recommend people placing before this Nuggets game.
3: Um, Denver Nuggets minus seven and a half. And yeah, that would be my uh, my h- most highly recommended bet.
5: Oh, man. I love it. I got a hundred on it already, so. A hundo. A hundo. We speak
1: in
3: units here.
1: We wow. We in
5: speak units. in units. You've got a unit on
1: it. You're, you're a high roller.
2: I just learned about units now. Um. But uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook is doing where you bet one dollar on any featured matchup this week, and if your team wins, you cash a crisp one hundred dollars. Um, so definitely check that out at DraftKings Sportsbook. What is one bet, Ryan, that you are telling the people to fade, stay away of, stay away from? It is the cheese.
3: I don't know. I, I block those out of my brain. <laughs> okay. Once they're cheese, they just they don't even exist to me anymore. So So I don't have an answer for you.
2: What? So go check out the podcast or the live show on YouTube because then you can catch all of the bets um, for this weekend and Christmas Day and Bowl games. We have so many things that you could bet on, and DraftKings Sportsbook is the best place to do so. They give you free money, they give you some fun odds boosts, and like I said, right now they are offering one dollar on any featured matchup this week. If your team wins, you cash a crisp one hundred dollars. Uh, download that top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app today. And don't forget to use the promo code DNVR Max. Just um, Became a member, got that free $5 that we were offering for Deal of the Week for members. Trying to find a parlay he's going to place. The best place to do that is DraftKings Sportsbook uh, for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only restrictions apply. See draftkingscom sportsbook for details. And then, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700.
1: I kind of like Jokic, one and a half threes. I kind of like the over tonight. They go if Whiteside's coming off the bench, but if he's guarding Jokic. He doesn't ever go outside the paint. Jokic will just be open all day, so I kind of like that one. One and a half threes.
3: Um, I so they have both Jokic and Murray set at twenty two and a half points, and I sat on bets today. I'm just betting both of those every single game until they adjust, because wh- I I just know at in most games at least one of them is going over that. And in a lot of games, both of them are going to go over that.
1: Mm, yeah, I think so. I think, that's, I think that's safe. They might. Last night, I took KD and, with 26 and a half points, and the Nets were up like 30 at half, and he didn't very, really play, and I was bummed. Might happen And I'm feeling great about the Nuggets, by the way, if you can't tell. So I'm more worried about the Nuggets winning by so much that Jokic and Murray don't get to 23 points. Mm, that's, that's, that's why
3: the, I to take the seven and a half.
1: The, <laughs> there you go.
2: There you go. Uh, All right, let's jump into some holiday questions. We have the first one, a really good question. If you could invite any two Denver players to Christmas dinner, um, who would sit with the adults and who would sit with the kids out of the two that you selected? Ruto, let's start with you.
4: All right, well, the Denim Daddy's sitting with the kids for sure.
2: Yes. Keeping them Matt, in line.
4: Yeah, <laughs> easy, easy job there. He's got two kids of his own, so Matt Calvert would be great with the kids. Um, with the adults, I think. Do I, does it have to be a player?
2: It does say Denver players.
4: Because I want to pick Jared Bednar, but mm. he's, he's the coach, not the player. Because oh, he would oh. we'll allow we'll we'll allow it. Because because nope. he's like <clears throat> cut from the adult table. Like he was the guy who sat at the adult table at age ten.
3: <laughs>
2: okay, so. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sorry, there's some comments in. I think Adam, what, you know this better is it in Serbian that they're talking in the comments?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, War, like, War Hunt Serbia is, uh, yeah, he's speaking Serbian. Mm-hmm.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome.
1: Puzovic, like, hey. also Serbian. Yep, yeah. <laughs> if you want me to translate, they're saying, Guys, this is an incredible show, and then they responded absolutely honestly emmy worthy stuff uh, from the show that's what that's so that's what it says there yeah.
2: i think they're also talking a lot of nuggets stuff
1: nope <laughs> nope it's about the show they really like it yeah. all right
2: ryan what two players would you invite to christmas dinner who would be sitting at the adults table who would be sitting at the children's table
1: well
3: as seen in multiple videos online nicola Jokic is elite with children um so you definitely bring nicole Jokic. he's like you know making them do the airplane around the house like just having a grand old time um and with the adults this one's a little tougher for me I, i'm i'm going through a bunch of people here and i haven't landed on someone who i think would be like just great at the adult table but i guess i'll go with justin simmons like oh, okay. he, he feels very equipped for the conversations that would be have be happening at the uh at the adult table. And he's he's a good guy.
5: Spence, yeah. what about you? Um, so, uh, Jokic with kids was mine. I'll change that. Um, I think for now, Drew Locke's got to sit at the kids table. Um, he can wow. maybe- <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Spicy. Table next year. Um, but right now he's at the kids table and I think I'd have Gabriel Lane at the adult table. He just seems like a good, good answer. Poor. He's
2: posting so many videos with his daughter um, on Instagram and I highly recommend the follow because it is just adorable. And yeah, she's trying to
5: walk away with the presents from under the tree. And so yeah. he's like, away from her. I watched that last night.
3: It was so yes. good. someone in the comments said Thaku at the kids table.
1: <laughs> 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 messed That's up. amazing. So messed up.
2: Um anyone else?
1: Well, I thought Jokic at the kids table for sure. I mean it makes sense. He loves kids, kids loves him. I think he'd be happier if you gave him a choice, kids' table or adult's table, he'd probably choose the kids' table. Um, and then the the horse table. The, he take the, the horse stable, yes, for sure. Oh, uh, but uh, the adult's table, hmm. I mean, Paul Millsap is nicknamed dad, so I think he belongs. But, you know, he's he, a lot of dad energy for him at the dad's table.
2: But then would he be at the kid's table trying to make sure the kids are behaving?
1: <laughs> he probably would do the eyeballs, the dad eyeballs a lot over there. Like, Yo, hey, hey, quit throwing food. Come on. <laughs>
2: um all Doesn't right sound
4: like the first time you said that
2: <laughs> next question is um what homemade gifts have you guys given wow it looks um, like someone's, someone's looking for some christmas ideas or some holiday ideas
3: <laughs> the only like homemade gifts i ever gave were like things that i made in school for my mom
2: yeah, I guess I, I. How homemade? Oh, I. uh,
3: I. It wasn't really homemade. That's but what I, I was going to say.
2: How homemade is it? Like,
3: like I. I made like a book of pictures that I took with. So one year, my mom bought me a camera for Christmas, which I really appreciated. The next year, for Christmas, I gave her a book of cool pictures that I took
5: with that camera. It's kind of homemade.
2: Yeah, it's- I would say that's homemade. Rudo, Spence, uh, Adam. Any homemade gifts?
5: One time my ex girlfriend ex-girlfriend and I, we decided to only give each other homemade gifts. And so I built oh, I, uh, I, I built like a coffee table out of like a pallet, you know, like pallets of wood. Like that basically you have to take one apart, and put the other one together, and I built like a coffee table out of that. And I also built a cat tower. So that,
2: wow, look at that. You're a handyman.
5: I was in the garage for like a month. And they both <laughs> <were> like, shit.
2: <laughs> Rudo Adam.
4: No, I, I learned very early on anything I tried to hand make was a disaster. So we go to the store to buy our Christmas gifts in my
1: house.
2: Uh, Adam, is there anything for you? I
1: commissioned someone to make something. <laughs> <Does that> <laughs> <count>? <laughs> I didn't myself, make it. I gave my wife a pillow with like our initials on it one time when oh, she was I'm before she was my
2: wife. Um, okay, favorite food during the holidays. This is a rapid one. Just quickly, Ryan, start with you. What's your favorite food during the holiday?
3: I guess I'll just say stuffing.
2: That's a good one. Spence?
5: Um, I'm a big prime rib guy. Yeah. One.
2: Adam, it's not Thanksgiving. So I know. You Thank God. Food?
5: Yeah,
1: I do. It's actually my number one meal of the entire year. Every year we do prime rib and king crab legs. It's a tie Whoa. between both of them.
2: All right, Rudo.
4: It's super random, but half-baked cookies
1: the Um, sugar cookie with the
4: ice icing no 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 so you go and you get like the pre-set like pillsbury cookie things and you put them in the microwave for 30 seconds so they're just like a melted pile on this plate and then you eat them with a spoon and it's like it's gonna kill me for
1: sure (laughs) but (laughs) they're so good some things are worth dying for some things are worth dying for that's a great point
2: What is your favorite holiday tradition? I have a good one but it's a bit of a long one so I'll try and go as fast as I can my family um, celebrates well in Ecuador New Year's is just such a big holiday and so you spend the beginning part of New Year's with your family then once uh, midnight uh, hits and you have a big meal with your family like that's like what people eat during Christmas dinner is like what you eat during New Year's dinner like at 1230 in Ecuador uh, because your first first meal of the year must be like an extra rather than a get good one. And then you go and hang out with your um, friends and family and you go to the bar and stuff. But then you also, right at midnight, you eat 12 grapes and you make a wish on each <laughs> grape. You run around the block with a bag for good travel. By uh, far the worst part. <laughs> and that one's a rough one, especially after chugging champagne and dr- eating all those grapes. You're like out of breath running down the stairs. Um, then you do you wear red or yellow, red for love, yellow for money. And then um, what else is it? Uh, you put a dollar bill under uh, your right shoe for good, for money that year. Um, then you eat uh, like uh, lentils, a spoonful of lentils. I don't know why you do that one. Um, and then <laughs> you also make this doll where you put a bunch of like, you write down all the things you want to forget from the past year. So it's kind of like a voodoo doll in a sense. Uh, if you look up like Ecuador New Year's uh, dolls, they're pretty crazy. They make them like human-like. <clears throat> so big we make a small one and then you light it on fire and you jump over it signifying you're letting go of all of those negative um parts of the last year and moving forward into the year it is so much fun i feel like that's my favorite thing in the world when is this new year's oh okay all
1: right yeah
3: you said you were gonna keep that quick but there's just so
2: much
1: (laughs) A hundred different things you do for New Year's.
2: Yeah, and it. May, I feel like because I've spent New Year's away from my family, and like we've gone to a bar or we've done something. And It's just not as fun. I feel like New Year's is always like hyped up, and then it doesn't end up being as fun as you want it to be. And then with all these traditions like already put in place, it makes it just so much fun because you're going crazy with your family.
5: Yeah.
1: That's yeah. my favorite.
2: It's
1: not bad. My Any favorite. More? my favorite is uh fourth of July it's like my favorite holiday because it's always right in the dead of summer it's like one of the longest days of the entire year so you get sunlight to like 9 45 and I almost always am up in the mountains camping with a bunch of friends so it's like I don't know if that's a tradition it's kind of a tradition since it's what I always do but um fourth of July almost 100 percent of the time a plus memory
2: fourth of July is a good one um Ryan
3: I mean, this is, like, so just, like, basic me take, but, like, just this, like the, the sporting events that go along with each holiday. Um, so, like, yeah. I love football on Thanksgiving. I love basketball on Christmas. Uh, I love baseball on 4th of July. Like, all of those things, like, that are connected and intertwined for me. I love uh, college football on New Year's Day. Like, it's just every holiday has a, its subsequent sport. Um, that is my favorite part of that holiday, which, uh, makes me seem very one-dimensional
5: and I'm okay with that.
2: <laughs> Sports is, they're just your thing. Who would have thunk? Yeah. Um, Spence, Rudo, what about you guys?
5: I'm in the same boat there. Uh, normally I go to the New Year's Eve abs game every year. That's kind of my thing. And then watch the little fireworks on the ice. That's like my tradition. Um, cause they always seem to have that game. I think the last three years I've gone to that, um, And then the same thing, Christmas basketball, I usually wake up in the morning, make about 72 bets on all the basketball games (laughs) and watch from start the first one to the finish of the last one
3: how could you have done that when sports betting only became legal in Colorado this year?
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: a real question. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> <on special> podcast. <laughs>
2: you made him take a bit of a gulp there. Like,
1: oh. <laughs> I always
3: said, like on our first few betting pods, I was like, if I had bet before in my life, these are things that I would have been doing.
2: Rudo, what is your favorite holiday tradition?
4: Um, so I have a few, uh, Like everyone else on this show, New Year's Day, World Junior Championships of Hockey, always a blast. Um, And then I have my social one, which is the the DNVR Friendsgiving, which I was sad that I couldn't come to this year. Um, And then my non-social one is for New Year's, the new trend over the last couple of years where you start a movie at exactly the right time. So at exactly midnight on, on New Year's Eve, when it switches to New Year's Day, you get like the correct, um, depending on whatever you want. The, the one I, we did last year was the Star Wars scene from uh, episode two, I think, the, where obi right at midnight, Obi-Wan comes on scene and says, hello there. Oh, yeah.
2: That's awesome. That's a fun one. Okay, um, most three of us don't have this uh, yet. So, Rudo, Adam, yeah. Lindsay wanted to know, what is a wild in-law story around the holidays that you have?
1: A wild in-law story? Yes. Man, I don't want to share these. Yeah, my in-laws <laughs> are great people. <laughs>
2: I'm and not sharing sure any
4: of these. Very, very much. That's all I have to say
2: on that one. <laughs> okay, okay, you guys got to blame. Lindsay all wanted people. to know.
3: Lindsay is like I know Lindsay, so I wouldn't have accused someone else of doing this. Lindsay is setting traps out here and I'm not okay with
0: it.
2: all right um some questions that revolve around the job um someone asked what's one thing about sports journalism that you don't think most people understand and i thought of one immediately and wanted to respond to this person but then ryan said save it for the show the one thing about sports journalism that i don't think most people understand is that we do not get tickets to the game to give to people <laughs> that one's so, so true so many people are like oh yeah you're like covering the no you're covering the broncos like can i get some tickets i'm like no i i have my one ticket
1: i also like the tickets. like hey can you get this signed by Jokic?" i'm like oh. what does that look like for me to like ask Jokic to sign something in a meeting? going like, just picture broncos. this real quick what does this look like
3: you know one thing i will say on that um is if there's a good reason for it the Broncos have been, like, really helpful with us with that type of stuff. Like, hey, like, you right, know, right. family friend has this charity event. Like, totally. is there a way we could get something like that? So, shout out to them for that. But if it's just like, hey, can I get this signed for uh, my buddy's man cave? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. Rudo, do you have
2: anything that you would say?
4: Uh, I don't know. I Hockey players are as tall as you think they are. <laughs> like, trust me those dudes are big human beings you think sam Gerard is small but like for a small person he will beat you up <laughs>
2: okay um what about is there anything golf related spence
5: um i think the one thing like i haven't officially covered a lot of golf tournaments but the ones i've been to and the from the people i've talked to from that are inside um and this is kind of unfortunate but a lot of golfers are Apparently. And I think th- this can go for all media, all not media, but all players in all sports, but there's super fake on camera. Um, and like, they're actually like low key and golf, I think is one of those things too, where like golfers are just kind of dicks and especially like a bunch of the dudes on tour. They like think they're, they like Phil Mickelson. Everybody's like, Oh, Phil Mickelson's the nicest dude. I've heard from multiple sources that I know that know him personally, that he's a giant dick. <laughs>
2: Well, that goes along with a question that I don't know if you guys want to answer this one, but I'm going to read it. And it is, what a- is an athlete that you think the public has the wrong idea about? That could be negative or positive.
3: I thought you were going somewhere else after he just called Phil Mickelson a giant dick. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were talking about being journalists and, you
2: know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
3: um, one, what was the question again? One athlete what that. What is
2: an athlete that you think the public has the wrong idea about? Negative or Positive
3: oh man um
1: i can go first if you want to think yeah, on this. go because for me it's will barton he's the ultimate one like he's I, pe- people have really gotten upset i mean they gotten upset at him for six years for whatever for this or that reason but most recently because he says he's a starter and that starting is important to him and people are like i can't believe he would say such a thing like preposterous but my take on will barton not that he's a perfect human being or anything like that but his teammates love him first and foremost but i think more than anything he just doesn't he's real and it's funny how much people want athletes to be real And the moment they're real in a way that they don't like they're like hold on a second this guy didn't give the jimmy chitwood answer like what's going on here but will barton i just think is like doesn't lie or exaggerate so when you ask him do you want to start he's like yeah i do (laughs) would you rather i have said like you know the team is the only thing he's like no i'm one of the best players on this team what are you talking about so will barton he's a real one i think his teammates love him um and he's not he's not all the things people think about him he's not that
2: i think someone that the like people have a right idea on is phil uh philip Lindsay is as nice as you think he is and then same with justin simmons i saw a few people saying like is he really that nice though because he won the media award uh for like the second year in a row or third third year in a row and I've got to say, both of those guys are, like, as nice as you think they are. They're just very like, kind-hearted people.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, I can only think of negative ones, and I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to bring okay. those <laughs> negative vibes here. Like, I feel like most of the guys who are really good guys, uh, like, everyone can tell. Uh, and I don't know if there's – I'm trying to think of players on the Broncos who people, like, might have a bad – perception of uh you know like as who they are and i i'm not coming to anyone
1: if this is a negative but i'm not going to say it about anyone but this is especially true i think of nba athletes and this is coming from a 36 year almost 37 year old man so i'm not maybe the best source for this i think they're way less cool than people think and this is just true of people in general like celebrities or whatever but i know that (laughs) there's one famous nugget who's no longer with the team who would every single game walk in hand his phone to a security guard walk out then walk back in with this like look to him and like pose for the camera and then you see the pictures on instagram and it's like oh man he looks dressed to the t's he looks so cool but when you watch the whole thing you're like this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen in my life like he did 20 photos of posing like zoolander and like and when you watch it you're like these dorks so that's my hot that's
2: amazing uh, Drew Creason in the comments saying Charlie Blackman is a very serious person and not the total goofball people think he is.
3: I feel like he's like Will Ferrell. Like people say, people that know Will Ferrell say like, yeah, he's actually like pretty normal. Like not much of a jokester, but like when he wants to be funny, he's hilarious. Uh, I feel like that's Charlie Blackman.
2: Anyone else you guys can think of before we move on?
4: Uh, Paul Stastny, man, this city has. Branded him a traitor, and he's such a good dude. And all he wanted to do was go home and play hockey. Like, I I feel bad for all the people that hate Paul Stastny because that dude is awesome, and you should not hate him for going to St. Louis.
2: <laughs> okay, I can't believe
3: I, I feel like I'm missing an opportunity here. Like, this is a really good opportunity to to uh, defend someone or something like that. But I'm not. No one's uh, no one's coming to mind. I will say. Uh,
2: I think some people think Drew Locke is extremely, like, cocky and, like, uh, just a bit of a douchebag. And when we've interacted with him and met with him, he is very, very nice, remembers everyone, and is just – I think he's just still growing up. Like, he's just still – he's, like, 23. He's, like, Henry's age, isn't he? Like.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, He. that's a really good one. Um, like, sometimes, especially when you aren't good – People, uh, like, people just reinterpret everything you do as, like, douchey instead of cool or, like, cocky instead of confident. Um, and so I think that's the problem Drew Locke is having right now. But you're right. Drew is a really, really good dude. Um, I, I've known that since, you know, I met him at the Senior Bowl. He was super down to earth. Like, we just had a conversation about normal stuff for, like, 15 minutes. I was like, this guy, this guy is a good guy. So, um He definitely does not fit that mold. And then one other random one that finally came to my mind is, uh, and I don't know if if there's like a bad perception of him, but obviously he didn't succeed in his role. So people hated him, which is John Embry, who was the coach at CU uh, during their worst years of the worst years. Uh, And he he got a lot of hate, but he is like one of the most genuine, uh, like good dudes out there.
2: All right. We have quite a few more questions but we aren't going to go for too much longer so let's try and get some rapid fire um spencer this question is for you but then a bunch of people said wait rk2 um so for everyone but ask golf man to break down tiger woods Sun swing please i know spencer has a name i know that but golf man sounds better to be honest so golf man break down tiger woods swing please but quickly <laughs>
5: <laughs> uh so actually if you want to head over to our pod big drive energy mitchell spent about 10 minutes breaking down this swing it's a it's a not fundamentally sound golf swing but he's also i think he's talking about tigerwood's son or uh-huh. no, is it? Okay. Tiger Woods' son it's not fundamentally sound but he's also 11 years old so it's it's incredible for an 11 year old
2: okay perfect um if the sport you cover didn't red did you have anything you want to talk about Tiger Woods' son or are you good
3: no, those videos of them with, like, the same mannerisms are incredible. That's all I have to say. Mm-hmm.
2: If the sport you covered didn't exist, what would be your favorite sport, or would you even like sports? <laughs> Rudo, we'll start with you.
4: I, uh, Baseball was my first love, so I would definitely still like sports, but. It it would definitely like no matter what sport I was in, I would be the nerd was like, well, according to the stats, technically, if you (laughs) look at whatever, like it wouldn't have mattered. I wouldn't be the the guy on the couch like that was a sick play. That was so cool. I'd be the nerd for sure.
2: (laughs) All right, Adam.
1: I mean, I I love sports. I used to love, I used to like really like football the way everybody does. I've kind of fallen out of love with it over the last five or six years. Um, Hmm, I wonder what
3: that coincides with.
1: Broncos being such miserable to watch. It's quite a bit of that, yeah. Um, but even before that, even a little bit before that. Um, but baseball, I was, baseball was actually my best sport growing up. It was probably the one I liked playing the most too um, for most of my life. So um, I like sports, man. I like all, I watched a rugby. I had like one of my favorite memories of, of my life was watching the, was it the Super 14 or the Super 8 or Super 7? I can't even remember what it's called. But like a, the Super Bowl of rugby at, at one point. And it was like, just so intense and insane and and rugby fans are crazy it was, so I, I just like sports
2: yeah for sure uh ryan
3: yeah i mean it's the same for me like i love every sport like i will literally get hype watching curling in the olympics like that <laughs> that gets me going like uh, just high level competition of uh, any sport like that's i that's not a sport that is a competition
1: no. but curling, it's not a sport
4: curling is an s-tier olympic sport okay <laughs> that, s-tier
1: it's one of the best oh. sports. it could be tier. a great event but i mean as a sport that's a little absolutely know. that's a terrible
4: take adam yeah. <laughs> you don't have the appreciation
1: for it the proper like, all right. you
4: just you lost the entire canada, <laughs> yeah, the canada vote. with that
2: oh
3: man come um, on adam so i, I think um if football that i I don't have a favorite like i just i really don't Uh, like i cover football and that's just kind of like what happened for me but i also covered basketball when i covered cu when i was younger like i loved covering basketball one thing i loved about covering basketball is uh the the uh the team is smaller so you can like actually like know the whole team and like you know kind of get to know them which i thought was kind of cool um but hockey I also like hockey is just so great so I I, it could be any for me and baseball has like the coolest media availability of anyone so um like I, I I could do it all
2: um for me I started off covering football um and covering the buffs and basketball but I think for me if I couldn't cover or talk about football I would definitely it would be hockey that would move on to being my favorite sport um Spence what about you
5: um, I actually like golf the least out of any of the major sports that <laughs> and that's I, like, I'm serious, like basketball, baseball, hockey, football, all are above for me, like, as, as far as like excitement and as much, you know, and you can't, there's, you don't have teams. I mean, I have a favorite player. Tiger Woods, my favorite player, but to me, like I grew up immersed in sports. It's been my life essentially. Um, and I, I could basically cheer, you know, if golf went away. I'd just be in the same spot I am now. I don't.
3: I, I don't think anyone like I would. I think you would be hard pressed finding someone who's like, yeah, like golf on TV better than hockey or like,
1: like, um, that, like that's. A- man, I can I say something though. I have a newfound love for watching golf, which I've always thought it was like who would ever watch it. But gambling on golf is maybe like watching golf without gambling a zero out of ten experience for me personally. Gambling on golf while watching it a ten out of ten experience. It's like the best sport to gamble on.
5: Well, and I. think this year, they've really um, they've done a better job this year, of course, having both of the matches televised and stuff like that. But that's where golf has to go in general just to be more – I mean, it, it got more popular this year in general because of COVID and people being able to play and people picking up the game. But as far as it being broadcasted and being something to watch on TV, they have so many opportunities with mic'd up, hole-by-hole betting, things like that, that I think it's just going to continue to explode.
3: Yeah, the, the betting is – great um uh, and golf on tv i enjoy golf on tv but like i don't know if there's people who are like diehard golf on tv fans that don't like other sports on tv
5: yeah exactly mm. yeah
2: we've got people in the comments saying playing golf yeah watching it maybe um Okay, we are going to answer. I have one, two, three, four, five, six more questions, but I think we're only going to get to two because we got to talk some um, nuggets before we go. And the comments are asking for some nuggets talk. They want to know some stuff from you, Adam. Um, But first, how did your perspective as a fan change when you started covering sports? I think for me, especially covering uh, sports for a city that I didn't grow up in, it made me realize... It made me become more unbiased like when the Eagles lose before I was a typical um Philadelphia fan which I mean sometimes sometimes I still go back to my roots um but I definitely look at it now and I'm like well look at the stats look at how they played look at the numbers it makes sense they had to lose they were they were terrible um so I feel like I see things definitely more in in unbiased way when it comes to tough losses um or even like great wins adam what about you
1: um man that's a tough one i mean you know being behind the scenes and and just kind of learning different things about what stuff's going on that never comes to light or just seeing the way that interpersonal dynamics affect things like it just really makes you understand how much context there is in sports that you it can be overstated but i just think that it's always funny. And this happens almost every single week in some form or fashion where you start getting takes from fans where you're like, yeah, but if you just knew this one thing, you probably wouldn't think that. And something I'm not privy to share this or that. And so I just think, I think there's a lot of that where you just see behind the scenes and you're like, wow, this is so much more complicated to, to achieve than what people realize. And I think the game is actually simpler than many like writers want to make it seem, you know, I love to do this stuff, too, breaking down plays or diving into the analytics or this or that because you really get to, like, some specific hardcore details of it. Um, but the game's also simpler than sometimes what people make it make it sound like. But I just think all of the layers, interpersonal dynamics, the money, the just people are actually having lives and you never know. Like, they're coming into a game with a major life event that nobody knows about and it affects them. Like, all of that stuff comes together to make... Um, weird things and maybe the best example of this currently right now is people with the mpj should start or should not start or where where does it go with that and I, everybody as a fan only views that through the lens of the basketball the like as if you're playing 2k and it's like, well this is my best 2k team but there's so many other little things that add up and I'm not saying anything big I'm just saying it's a bunch of little things that add up that people never account for and when you're inside a locker room or talking to a team and, and like get more and more familiar with them, you realize that oh yeah that stuff like matters way more than people realize.
3: Yeah, I think that was kind of the direction I was going to go, so I'll go a little bit of a different direction. One thing that was kind of tough for me to learn is that not everyone is that, like, fierce competitor um, that, like, lives and dies with winning or losing that you think they would be or should be. Um, Like, you know, there are times where you go into a locker room after a loss and the guys are laughing. They're watching – they're showing each other, like, funny – videos on their phone or a funny tweet they saw and like you just couldn't imagine that as a fan you don't even want to laugh after a loss and you're like you're like pissed and you're you know you're holed up and you're having a drink or whatever um some like some guys are inconsolable after a loss they don't want to talk to anyone they don't want to see anyone they you know they throw their headphones on and get on the bus other guys this is just a job to them And it's a, it's a weird thing when you realize that. Um, and then the other thing is that like the players know whether a guy can cut it way faster than anyone else. And you can Mm -hmm. just tell by the way, they treat people, uh, treat a certain person in the locker room. Like if they think this guy doesn't belong here, they'll treat him like he doesn't belong here. And you'll know before anyone else that that guy doesn't belong there. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: Rudo Spence.
4: Yeah. Um, So I spent the first couple of teams, I you call it coverage or whatever you want, essentially as a fan, they no access to the locker room, independent, breaking down Avs games. And the biggest difference for me in, in doing it professionally now is being able to have conversations with the players and getting to know players on a personal level is just a completely different world. The The, the story I always use is, when I first joined the Avalanche podcast with you guys, AJ and I talked a lot about uh, how we didn't like the contract the Avs gave, gave Pierre-Edouard Belmar, um, and I, I still stand by that. I still don't think it's a great contract, but you spend two months of the off season talking about that. And then you get into the locker room in the first practice and you have to talk to Pierre Edward <laughs> Belmar and he's an amazing dude. I would interview that guy every single day of my life if I had the opportunity to do so. And it it's, it's hard to reconcile. Cause now it's, I'm sitting there like I just spent two months ragging on your contract and I want to be your best friend <laughs> now. I'm so sorry. Well, and
3: also you probably realize, Oh man, this guy's an incredible addition to the locker room.
4: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. You, you get a little bit of that inside information of all of the intangibles, if you want to call them that, that they bring off the ice and, and, and things like that. So it's definitely a different angle.
5: Yeah, I would say so, you know, being around all you guys at DNVR and, and hearing all the inside stuff that I get to hear once in a while is like it's made me have more true appreciation for how great certain players are. And, and being a fan, like before I was like a super fan, you know, I, I think all my players are great and all other players are trash from every other team. And I've, I've kind of grown out of that to where I can really appreciate not only the greatness of McKinnon, Jokic, um, Bond Miller, guys like that, but also the greatness of players around. Um, so kind of like the non-biased type of thing. Like I'm diehard Denver through and through, but like I tweet about Patrick Mahomes every week and it makes me sick that I do it. But it's just I realize how great he is. And so I think being around all of you guys and hearing, you know, all the coverage and, and true, like, like Jokic, how great he really is. Like I, I didn't think I could think he was any better than he was. And then listening to Adam, listening to the guys on DNBR Nuggets, it just shows me how great he really is and to, how much to really appreciate the greatness when you have it. And, and when it's there, you, you know, you got to take every, every game, whether it's preseason regular season, postseason you never know when it's going to be the last one for a certain player or this or that. So you got to just appreciate the greatness in the moment.
2: Yeah, I think with the unbiasedness for me, it's just before I knew football, uh, but I knew it more in the eyes of the Eagles. Now I know football in the eyes of the entire league. So it just opens your eyes to just knowing and understanding more, understanding contracts with certain players. Like I, I know in the Broncos podcast, we hear like there's so many people commenting about um, quarterbacks that the Broncos should go after, and that's because they're seeing it from the Broncos' point of view, but they they don't realize the the attachments that certain players have, and that it's just not that easy uh, because they're seeing it from a specific perspective. And so definitely the unbiasedness just opens your eyes a little more um, to the sport.
1: Can I can I address a comment I see here? Yes. <laughs> Neither Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, nor Larry Bird would be shunning, showing funny videos to teammates after a loss. Number one, do you know how difficult in 1988 it would have been to show a funny video to a teammate? Like, you would have needed an enormous Roll amount of equipment. VCR. Yeah, like, hit the bike. Come in here, guys. Gather around. I just smacked the side. So, first of all, there's that. But, second of all, there's three points here. Second of all, Michael Jordan actually played golf with Danny Ainge during the NBA playoffs when they were head to head with each other. So, you're talking about an, an opponent and he was out you know having drinks with on the golf course this or that you know he famously went to Atlantic City uh in, in the middle of playing like so I also the myth here I think it gets broken down but more importantly. The athletes today are the same as every person on Earth in that they run the full gauntlet. As RK was saying, not everyone is hyper competitive. Some aren't. So to your point, and I think those guys get, especially when they're high profile players. I think of Andrew Wiggins, as famously has this reputation of he's a really talented player, but he's never just had the work ethic or like drive or care. Like he doesn't care when they lose this or that. So there are those guys out there. But another thing that happens with pro athletes today that that, that was much less frequent, maybe say 20, 30, 40 years ago, is these guys all have, not all, many of them have insane diets. Oftentimes, multiple people that are informing their diets and, and make huge sacrifices. Michael Porter Jr.'s had like an incredible, incredibly restrictive diet since he was in eighth grade because he's been training for this. They work out two or three times a day. They just like, so there's levels of like, commitment that gets overstepped. For some reason, people be like, yeah, sure. They have a dietitian and four trainers and wake up at six in the morning to do this and that, and go into the the ice tank twice a day and all this. But you know what? They share funny videos yep. with each other. So they're not competitive. It's like, come on, man, these, uh, your best athletes and your most competitive ones, their level of competition and drive, it doesn't get seen as much as people realize, or as much as people maybe think it should or whatever, but they're hyper competitive. I don't, I, right. I hate when they, athletes get questioned
2: i think a good example and, and of that is people freaking out about drew lock smiling on the sidelines and saying he's not competitive after um a tough loss or something going on
1: yeah
3: yeah and, and i get it optics matter so like you know I, if you're drew lock you have to be aware of those type of things um but there's a very very tiny window where you get the guy who is the most talented cares the most and is the most competitive and works the hardest like that happens like once you know, once in a generation. And that's how you get the Peyton Mannings or the Michael Jordans and the Kobe Bryants of the world. Like, uh, you know, it's everyone thinks that's the standard, but that's really like the, you know, as Andre would call it, the white whale.
1: But also like these narratives take place, I think especially nowadays, people always say it's the media creating a narrative. But what it really is, is just like the hive mind of society because social media is just literally everybody pumping it out. And when there's a story that everybody wants to pump as the good story, everybody just views it through that angle. And I'm not even talking about media. I'm just talking about the way we talk about JaVale McGee was famous for this, right? He was a go- He's a goofball. He did a lot of silly things, this or that, but then it took on a life of its own so much so that everything he did was funny. And it was like, no, guys, sometimes he's just walking down the street and you happen to find it funny that he tripped or something, but he's just like a human being. So... And then the same thing goes for the like, oh, this guy works so hard and he wants it more than anyone else. And you start telling that story, even though there's evidence that, hey, maybe he's not quite what we said, but it doesn't fit the story we want to tell of this person. Kobe Bryant's another one. There's two narratives around Kobe Bryant, one that he's an awful teammate and one that his awful teammate was what drove his success. Of course, one came after success. All of a sudden, we all changed our perspective on it. But uh, so... uh, there's a lot at play with this kind of stuff. But I the idea that athletes today aren't like insanely the best of them aren't insanely disciplined and driven. It's it, it's crazy. Honestly
4: Real- sorry. Oh, okay. But yeah, in hockey the hardest working players that I've known are not the superstars. It's the dude grinding it out, barely making a living in the NHL, just trying to survive as, as his job. It's not the superstars. And don't get me wrong. The superstars work insanely hard too, but the guys who barely make it know that yeah. if they don't give it 150% every day. They're going to be out of a job.
2: That's like yeah, yeah. House.
4: yeah. It's oh, the way that
2: he plays and practices and really just puts everything out there. And he is a, in, in Av's world, he is a bit controversial because people love him or they hate him, but he truly like puts everything on the line every single day.
3: Adam, you said it. Winning and losing is the, the end-all, be-all of every narrative. Bill For Belichick... Sure. He is considered a genius and yeah. oh it's no fun to play for him, but he wins and he does everything the patriot way. Well, Josh McDaniels came to Denver and did everything the same way and what was he? An <laughs> right, right. right, So right, right. like like it, winning and losing determines everything. Yeah.
2: Definitely. All right. We have so many com- people in the comments asking about the Nuggets. So we are going to get to that. We will answer uh, the rest of these questions that people asked in the DNBR lounge on another episode. So definitely um, check that out. Subscribe to DNBR so you can be a part of that DNBR lounge. We have so many channels. It's so much fun snowboarding, skiing, food, sports, soccer, uh, basketball, nuggets, all of it where we talk about everything in there and it truly makes it feel like a family, um, like a big group chat with everyone in your family. Uh, So definitely check that out. We'll be answering more questions from there on a later episode. But first, we've had several DNVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years and make them their permanent family dentist. Uh, Green Mountain Dental Group is one of the best dentists in Colorado and they're just 15 minutes away from downtown Denver. When you you go for a cleaning x-ray and exam you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush and we've talked about these toothbrushes Sonicare toothbrush electric toothbrushes they are game changers of course and you get it for free just by going to visit them definitely let us know if you go check them out uh supporting them really helps us they've been huge supporters of us since the very very beginning I think they were part of my even my daily sports reports like three or four years ago they've truly always supported us so check out green mountain dental group you get that free uh sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam and let us know if you head over there all right adam the nuggets take on the sacramento kings today at seven o'clock so exciting that basketball is at it's crazy that it's already back
1: that's right it is but- crazy
2: what is something you are what is the one thing you are most looking forward to this upcoming season
1: man the number one thing i'm most looking forward to oh that's tough um the so the story for the nuggets this year starting out is just michael porter jr i mean it seems like if he can become you know Apart, if if Denver can go from having one of the best duos in the NBA to, to one of the best, if not the best trios in the NBA, then their 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 ceiling is just insane. It's championship year, uh, you know, potential this year. If not, it's going to be a lot harder to accomplish. So I would say that's what I'm most excited for. Except for I'm half excited, half nervous because of course if it doesn't work out, then that, you know there's going to be some uncomfortable uh, sort of sort of moments. Um, But there's, I'll give you three things. There's that, there's Jamal Murray looked like he had made a leap and, you know, you don't want to overhype this and put too much pressure on Jamal, but it really does remind you in parts of Steph Curry back in 2013, sadly against the Denver Nuggets. But Steph Curry was a very good player who became a superstar in the playoffs when he made this enormous leap, came back the next year and that's just who he was and that's who he's been since. Is the same thing for Jamal Murray, a fraction of that because he two fifty point games only been done four times in in one playoff series in NBA history. He's one of them now, so he, we know he has those heights, like his absolute peak. But can he sort of level out somewhere where his average is is superstar level or, or star caliber? That's a huge question. And then the last one, Nikola Jokic. As Eric put, so eloquently puts it, it's like a gift that the gods have sent to the city of Denver, and people are just now figuring this out. We've been saying this for five years, by the way. This guy, in addition to being, I think, already, in my opinion, and I'm 37, I know some of the older people are going to get upset about this, although... You can go back and ask even a lot of the old heads from from denver nuggets history and they'll tell you the same thing i think he's already the best nugget in in denver nuggets history and it's only going to continue to grow and he looks like he is primed for his best season of his career so you have three very interesting players all three of which have incredibly interesting storylines entering the season and it just makes for i mean i'm as excited for the season as i think i could possibly be in a, all tips off tonight
2: I mean, especially the way it ended, like it was disappointing to see it end in that Game 7, but it was also just like, wow, to see this, the how far the Nuggets got and the power in the team that they, uh, you guys, did I say something wrong?
3: Oh, you said it ended in Game 7, but it ended oh. in Game, five.
1: game um, 5. How it ended in, in the conference finals. In, in but, the conference yeah.
3: finals, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think yeah, same point, though. But yeah, Uh, I mean,
2: the way that it ended made it just so exciting to see this new start of the season. The big question that everyone in the comments keeps asking, Adam, there's two. And is it Will Barton going to start tonight? Um, And then the second one is all these talks about Harden and the Nuggets and that trade going through. Um, So I'm seeing it a lot. People were like, talk about the Nuggets. So let's start off with that first uh, question is, do you think Will Barton will start tonight?
1: What we won't know probably for another two hours. I think around 6, 6.15 we're going we're gonna to hear. I think they have until 6.30 if they really want to wait the longest before they reveal who's the starter tonight. But I think it's going to come around 6 o'clock. And I anticipate it's going to be Will Barton. And I personally think it's the right call. I know there's a lot of Nuggets fans that aren't going to like that. Michael Porter still has a lot to learn about the game, but also to learn just about the social dynamics of a team. And – I saw somebody in the comment earlier said, like, if Michael Porter was starting, the Nuggets Unstoppable, this or that. Michael Porter started the first uh, three games of the postseason. Denver got murdered, absolutely destroyed by the Jazz. They win the first one thanks to Jamal, scoring like 30 points in a row in, over, in fourth quarter in overtime. Lose the next two big, and a lot of that was just trust. The team not trusting him to be in the right spot, him not trusting his teammates enough to pass up tough shots and this or that, and that's that's – it's not – I'm not saying these things to take down Michael Porter. He's just a very young player, and he has to go through, in my opinion, these certain milestones that he hasn't really conquered yet. But I think he will very soon. If you don't force a player to to check off all those boxes before they're given the reward, you get a lot of negative repercussions for that. And so that's why I think, Will Barton will start. And I think it'll work beautifully. For the Nuggets, but also for Michael Porter. I think he's going to be very good off of the bench early on, gain some confidence, learn about the game, and then move into the starting lineup at some point.
3: Yeah, I feel like this is one of those things uh, where it's just like the fans want it so bad. Um, and the Nuggets' eventual ceiling obviously has to happen. It uh, has to involve Michael Porter Jr. working his way into the starting lineup. But if it's, you know, this is one of those times where I think you just have to fall back on what what the coach thinks. Um, The coach who has taken the nuggets one step up every single year. uh, You know, he probably has a reason for why he's doing this and it's not to make the nuggets worse. Uh, (laughs) So like that doesn't mean the coach is always right and always makes the right decision. But usually a coach like Michael Malone, I feel like deserves the benefit of the doubt here.
5: Well, like Michael Porter Jr. is, you know, he's a volume scorer. He can make it, make a shot from anywhere. And I think him coming off the bench, if you're a true, like, say you don't care about the Nuggets and you're just a diehard Michael Porter Jr. fan, he's going to get a lot more shots and a lot more opportunities coming off the bench than he would starting at the three with Yoke, Murray, Gary, and Paul. So I I think, you know, him, him scoring 20 off the bench to me is more likely than him scoring 20 as a starter.
1: Yeah. And also, like, we have to remember that Jokic volunteered to come off the bench in his sophomore season. This is Michael Porter's sophomore season. He volunteered to come off the bench. Imagine what message that's sent to his teammates and has carried with him now for six seasons that his teammates know this was the best dude on the team. And he was like, yo, we got to fix this. And I'm willing to take whatever sacrifice it is. I imagine every player on that roster, whether they were on the team at that point or whether they learned about this, you know, after they joined the team has to have such enormous respect for him that he was willing to do this. And Michael Porter is learning. And I think he said all of the right things. Nuggets fans were very concerned about it in the preseason that he came off the bench. But if you watch Michael Porter, he was with it. He was up on his feet cheering the starters on as they started the game you make that sacrifice and you learn those lessons it benefits you even more now he might not learn those and this is the nba you hold a star down for too long or fairly or not and maybe they start to look for greener pastures and that might happen with michael porter but this it also might happen that denver awards him the keys too early the team loses that connection and that trust and things go south not just for him but for the whole team so to me this is yet another in a long line of tests for michael porter and that hey man you got to learn this but if you do the reward is so immense that not just for you but for the whole team and i'm curious it's what makes sports so so interesting i'm so curious to see if he's willing to do those lessons we joke that he's like anakin skywalker you know like he's got the power and he's like i have all this strength you need to unleash me and it's like not too soon or else it could really go poorly you hopefully go the dark side. hopefully it, hopefully he doesn't go to the dark side
3: oh god he's gonna be a laker <laughs> no, no.
5: No, dark
3: lebron out of here. or something um, yeah all right no.
2: The next question is this Harden trade, and you've seen him in talks with Denver um, with a bunch of rumors about Jamal Murray, MPJ, that type of thing, even the Sixers. These Harden rumors are everywhere. Um, so, Adam, what can you address when it comes to that? Because obviously you might not know as much as what everyone is hoping.
1: Not today, buddy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is that happening? No,
1: that, that was a that I asked Jokic, that's what he said, uh, so I don't know. No, well, so it's an interesting note here, maybe kind of a dark note. The Houston Rockets game has been canceled today. Yeah. It's been postponed. We're on day number two of the NBA season, the first day for the Rockets, and their game is canceled. Not because of him, we're told, although he is – actually, it is because of him. A bunch of players tested positive for COVID or were exposed and now have to sit out. And then James Harden, who I think would have made the eighth guy – you have to have eight guys to be able to suit – he's – suspended for team violations so i guess in part because of Harden. but my answer is there's i just i can't i can't fathom denver spending six seasons building a culture build we just talked about michael porter you have to earn it you have to be willing yeah. to sacrifice to join in on this to then go get a guy who's so blatantly throwing his teammates under the bus so blatantly throwing brand new coach uh coach silas under the i mean think imagine getting your first head coaching gig especially as a black man in the NBA, which is by the way, this has been a thing that has been slow to develop black coaches just rarely get hired for, for whatever reason, it's becoming less of an issue, getting your first shot. And this is what you're handed a superstar that won't call, won't text out at the club doing this or that, and just completely derailing your opportunity. So to, to, to go from, we built the solid culture to, Oh, we're going to bring in arguably the worst culture fit in the entire NBA. That I just can't picture it. That being said, he's really good, so I'm sure Denver explored it. But at the end of the day, I just don't. I don't think Denver is willing to make that. I, I think they would rather fail a different way than f- risk failing with James Harden just completely un- unraveling everything they've built.
3: So uh, I felt the same way uh, that you just said. You know, for the entire beginning of these trade talks, um, you know, there was a point where someone threw out like Jamal Murray and Michael Porter that Jr. and something else, and it's like. Uh, over my dead body. Right, um, right. <clears throat> then it comes out, okay, well, the Nuggets uh, are, aren't putting Jamal Murray in any trade. Okay, now I feel a lot better. Well, then it comes out after that, they're also not putting Michael Porter Jr. on the table. And so that, that's when I started thinking, like, all right, well, if they're able to have these talks with neither of those guys on the to- on the table, then I might be interested in what this might look like. Like, if you're just going to destroy them in the trade, then the, the investment is so low that you could roll the dice, and if it doesn't work, you could pull the plug, you know, pretty quickly. What I don't see happening is the Nuggets being able to execute a trade like that without including any sort of star player at all. Um, but if they were, I would be more open to it, just because it's like low, low, low risk, high reward. If it doesn't work out, then you just move on.
4: Yeah, to me, James Harden, feel, forget skipping steps. It feels like jumping to an entirely different stage. <laughs> yeah, totally. like,
1: might does not fit. Yeah, yeah. I, I just can't see it, man. I really can't. And he's a fantastic player. The only way I could see it is if he continues to tank his value. Like right now, we're talking about a top – six seven player in the nba and james harden and they're having a hard time getting interested teams that should tell you how crazy the situation is but maybe his value just continues to tank so that he becomes a russell westbrook-esque contract meaning we'll just take whatever we can get with him because we sure can't bring him back now and we can't do this but even then i mean when we talk about getting him for cheap you're still talking about multiple draft picks you know gary harris and maybe Bull bowl rj hampton maybe like you're starting to throw out The next wave of players, not Michael Porter and Jamal Murray, but the next wave and draft picks and this or that. And even then, I think you have to do it at that point. If you're Denver, if you keep the, like, you you know, your main port, but even then as nuggets fans, I think we'd all kind of like have a knot in our stomach being like, Oh God, I don't, this is just so different than whatever it is. We were, we thought we were building.
2: In the comments someone said why did why did Adams take on Harden make me nervous it's actually
1: going to happen. I must have done a horrible job explaining my take then cuz <laughs> <laughs> I, I was saying like almost no chance.
3: Um Adam though just as like a fan of basketball and the way that it works is there a part of you that if you could just take away like off the court Harden that can just think about like the dream offense that the Nuggets could put together with him on the court.
1: Yeah. I mean, of course he's, he's maybe the best offensive player in the NBA. He's that good. So, and then Jokic is right up there as well. So he shoots the ball. He plays pick and roll. He does all that stuff. He ISOs like one of the things about Jokic is you can't switch. This is what makes him more unique than most bigs. A lot of times you just try to switch and say, okay, bigs can't post up even smaller guys. James Harden's going to cook a center. Like he's so good in isolation, he's the best isolation player in the NBA, probably the best isolation player. You switch a center on him, he's gonna murder him. Likewise, if you switch a point guard on to Jokic, he's gonna murder them. So the the possibilities are definitely endless. But at the same time, Jamal Mur- or James Harden has played a different brand of basketball, his own made up version of that, and it's the opposite of Denver. Denver leads, you know, one of the teams that passes the ball the most per possession. Houston almost doesn't pass to anyone; it's just one one player with it. So, could James Harden unlearn everything he's learned for the last six seven years? I don't know. I think so, but I don't yeah.
3: know. Yeah, that's what I said. You know, we were talking about this in the Slack the other day, and I said if Jokic, if Harden will play Jokic ball, that would be yeah. incredible to watch. If right. Jokic had to play Hardenball it would be an incredible waste
1: right right <laughs> absolutely
2: um Spence before you head out of here to go on to our Rocky show uh what take do you have as that fan you said you live and breathe with the Nuggets so how do you feel about them this season
5: uh, oh, I'm, I'm on cloud nine. I, I love offense. Uh, I love watching offense. I know defense is, is when it matters, especially in the playoffs, but I think they're going to be a fun to watch Faku on the bench with Monte Morris and Michael Porter jr. And, you know, Jamichael Green's out tonight. So it'll be interesting to see where he fits in once he's back. But I think, I think sky's the limit if they get playoff and which we expect at this point, we expect playoff Murray. Um, so, you know, if you get playoff Murray, you get playoff yoke, which he's always going to be there. And they can drag a few guys along. I think, you know, Western Conference Finals is at a minimum this year. And, and you know, things go their way. They get a few bounces. Mason Plumlee um, comes out and blocks a three-pointer. You know, you never know where last year goes. So I think they got a shot to be in the, in the finals this year.
2: In the finals. And hopefully at that point, the DMVR bar will be popping with a bunch of fans that would be incredible we had some watch parties this year and they were so much fun I can't imagine this place um, packed Spence is heading over to the DFA our Rocky show so definitely go check him out bye Spence um, and we're wrapping it up thank you guys all for hanging out with us for a longer edition of this episode but you know what we had some awesome questions asked in the discord and then some nuggets talk nuggets start at 7 o'clock these guys the DMR Nuggets guys Adam will be doing a post game show on youtube and periscope go check that out on youtube and give it a like if you're watching this show on youtube give us a like and subscribe you can even hit the little alert button and it'll send you alerts whenever we go live with all of our shows we will talk to you guys next week and have a great holidays